I was confused mm -hmm. for the longest time. Oh, if that was like the same. For the longest time. <laughs> I can't. I can't help myself. Dude, we gotta we gotta like we gotta just we gotta just throw in like pointless Billy Joel mm. references like throughout well, the whole episode. They all are pointless, but yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. You may be right. That's true. So I may be crazy. <laughs> that are not well we are going to talk about one record that is local but man it's been a long time since we've talked about music that uh is you know more national or you know that's yeah. not from iowa which is great which is awesome because yeah. what that's telling us is that hey there's a lot of great music coming out of not just iowa but the midwest in general mm -hmm. um, there is and uh but it's also nice to you know talk about some records that have been coming out from bigger bands, if you will, or, um, you or know, at least just further away <laughs> or just further away. Exactly. And, yeah. um, I'll tell you what, there's, there's been some, uh, so far there's been some really good, really good stuff coming out this year or just within the past year. And, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's been, it's been a while since we've had an episode like this. So I'm pretty excited. Um, uh, yeah. this is what we call our normal episodes. <laughs> yeah. Regular episode. Our regular yeah. episode. This is the regular show. Yeah. The regular show. Oh man. Yeah. I love regular. Have you ever watched a regular show mm -mm, before? Eric? I haven't. I haven't watched any of the good cartoons like that people talk about, man, regular <laughs> like adventure time and regular show and man, regular show. You know? So funny. It's about these. It's about this blue jay and mm -hmm. this raccoon, and their names are uh, Mordecai and Rigby. The entire freaking like show is just hilarious. It's huh. just these, basically these two stoner animals that live in their own world and never work and never do anything like productive, and they destroy <laughs> everyone's life. Yeah. But for some reason, they yeah. all love everyone whose lives they destroy. All love them in the end. Wow. So it's like accelerative thrust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close. Close to it. Hey, so I have some questions about this, though. Mm -hmm. So it's a Blue Jay. Right. Like the song Blue Jay Way. Right. And it's a raccoon, like the song Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. And one of them's named Rigby, like Eleanor Rigby. Mm -hmm. How many Beatles references are in this show? <laughs> like That's just really your introduction question. had like three and then maybe yeah. Mordecai, but that might be a Wes Anderson. I'm yeah. sure. I'm yeah. sure that's probably the case. I do know that uh, there was an episode with a rap battle where Tyler, the creator, was one of the guests. Oh, and he was in the Beatles, and so that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler was like the what seventh Beatle or something? Yeah, right behind Stu and Stu. Brian. <laughs> they went Stu, Brian, Tyler. Yep, all of them. George, and, uh, actually, George, Stu, Brian, Tyler. Uh, yeah. And Tyler did a lot of create. That's why he uh, he created stuff. So that's mm -hmm. why they called him the creator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, makes perfect sense. 
there There's was like also one of those e- ray gun shirts for a second <laughs> just has yeah. a bunch of names. is that what those ray gun shirts are, are a bunch of names it'll just be a list of people that are related somehow like i guess it could be like rappers from the 90s or something it would just say biggie and Pac and dre mm-hmm. and cube oh okay or gotcha, something gotcha. like that you know but it could be about anything in this case it's oh. the, all, all the members of the beatles that <laughs> weren't really members including sure. tyler so, the creator <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it makes perfect sense makes a hundred percent um geez. so yeah uh that's uh that's interesting that you mentioned the nineties. There's a <laughs> something that I want to talk about here that yeah. could be related to the nineties. Okay. It's dealing with technology. Have you heard about this uh technology? situation? Yeah. <laughs> technology. <laughs> um, have you heard about this um uh situation with the Pixies uh going on? Uh where uh, is my I mind? saw the headline. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it seems that the where is my mind? Uh, it has, it's a glitch, apparently. Um, Google rolled out a feature where users could say stop or snooze rather than hey, Google, to deliver a command concerning setting an alarm through Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the part that worries me. They could be used on Google's phone, starting with the Pixel 6, according to the Android police. So there's Android police. That's that's concerning. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So Android police. I, yeah, yeah. And th- this is real life, too, nonetheless. But anyway, <laughs> some users found that their alarms were not going off. So Redditors, who also are researchers, apparently, hmm. revealed why. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had used the Pixies Where Is My Mind from their Spotify playlist as a shuffled music alarm, and that caused the um, alarm clocks to turn off. Because mm, he says stop. Mm-hmm. I get it. Because he says stop, and it yeah. apparently uh, was enough to trigger it. But anyway, wow. what's interesting is it's the, the only song that they found that had the word stop that triggered the command. They used a bunch of other songs and none of them did like MC hammers. You can't touch this. Stop hammer time. Oh, sure. Vanilla ice is ice ice baby. Stop collaborate and listen. Jane's addiction. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good. Yeah. Uh, They what? does he even say stop in the song? I don't like, yeah, he says stop. It's lit to pop. Oh yeah. He does. Okay. Nobody gonna stop. No, no one. No <laughs> way. Stop. Yeah, uh, here we go. <laughs> um, the Holly stop, stop, stop. Oh. Uh, the Supreme stop in the name of love. And Queens don't stop me now. Wow. So, what about don't stop believing? Don't stop believing. I was just thinking of other other songs that have the word uh, stop in them. And I can't think of any right stop. off the bat. <laughs> running stop stop dragging my heart around yeah my, that's uh, it heart heart around. Around. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah um so apparently yeah, where is my mind is yeah, Stevie yeah, Nicks. yeah 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 and the, yeah, 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 yeah 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 yes yeah 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 yes yeah yeah yes uh-oh is uh, there an easter egg in this episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> not anymore but, uh, anyway <laughs> 
But check this out. Okay. There's a, there actually was a tweet where they showed like a picture of an alarm clock. So uh, Pixies actually addressed it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. They said, sorry about that. And then androidpolice.com says, you can blame the Pixie song for assistant canceling your alarm. They're really harsh on the Pixies over there at Google, man. Yeah. Oh, well. How are you going to blame the, how are you going to blame retroactively blame the pixies for a song they made yeah. many years ago what 30 years ago and just because you yeah. changed command information on your machine that's so stupid <laughs> yeah that's really dumb like they're they're just like oh yeah it's the pixies oh, fault the pixies <laughs> mm, that was alarm cancelers uh because you know there's <laughs> other there's no other reasons that you can dislike yeah. The Pixies, it's, it has to be because of your alarm, and that's it. Well, yeah. You know, it, the, it does, the Pixies always look like they missed their alarm, though. <laughs> that's true. They never, they're pretty like, disheveled. I think they're they the least stylish band of all time. <laughs> they never dress up, do they? Have you ever seen the documentary about the Pixies uh, uh-huh. where they were, like, reuniting? Uh, yeah, I saw that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, Frank Black sure seems like a, just a, somber little fella doesn't he like yeah he's little he's kind of uh joyless joyless and and the way he talks he's just like well we just don't communicate with each other that's just the type of people we are (laughs) like that's just how he is anyway um so yeah these we got three records today two national and one local and yeah where was I going with that though, Eric? I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know. Hmm. No. Where is your well, mind, bro? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. Hey, my alarm just fucking went off. Oh my god. <laughs> I always did like that intro though. <laughs> Ooh, stop. Yeah. And then it has like, like a ta- ta- little tape squib. Yeah. That's a great song. It really is. It is. It is a fantastic it's song. It's overplayed and, it's, and overused, but it it's also really changed the song. It's great. It's also yeah, no, absolutely. It's also no wonder that it kind of by default became sort of their biggest hit. Yeah. Because if you think about it, even though it was on like Surfer Rosa, which is like their, you know, it's their first official full-length record produced by steve mm-hmm. albini mm-hmm. um it really is probably the catchiest song in their career well here comes yeah, your man I mean, I kind yeah. of where is my mind definitely like if it would have been on a on a later record maybe with the production of like say i don't know trump lamond or something not to mm-hmm. say that, i mean i love steve albini's production but i bet it would have been like a like a bigger hit like instantly you know mm-hmm. what i mean because mm-hmm. basically sure. it was the the movie fight club i believe that made that song popular yeah well you know i th- that's a tough one i think because sometimes people feeling cool and thinking they have discovered something that no one else has or whatever that kind of adds mm-hmm. to popularity too you know what i mean like that's true i think when people heard it on Fight Club, if it was new to them, they were like, wow, cool song. But for the rest of it, it was like, oh, shit. They're using a really, actually cool song. You know? Yeah. And so it kind of, I don't know, you know, that elitism, it'll it'll, it'll make things popular. 
Sure, it will. And um, there are some people, I heard an interesting take on elitism that elitism is quality control. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. I I think that's why this show is so elitist. (laughs) We're just like, all the time. We're controlling the quality. (laughs) It's like, don't listen to this. It is terrible. And uh, it really drags music down in its entirety. (laughs) I mean, but have we ever said that, though? Have we ever said, like... I don't think we've even ever said, I don't like this. (laughs) No, we never have. We're always like, yeah, it's not really my thing. Right, that's as bad as it gets. That's as bad as it gets. I can see why other people like it. But you know what? That's what we do, damn it. That's us. That's what we do, damn it. Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, you can't stop us. So, uh, about these records. Um, Come on, everybody. Okay, so my pick for this week was mm-hmm. the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Cool it down. Now the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. I don't. I mean, they don't really need that much of an introduction. I don't think. I think most people who listen to this probably know exactly who they are. But just in case, Karen O on vocals, um, Nick Zinner on guitars, and Brian Chase on drums from New York City. Um, they, you know, they made like a big splash in the early 2000s with an EP and, an, and a record. Now, a lot of people don't actually know this about me, and I'm not sure if I ever told you this, Eric, but hmm. the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Fever to Tell mm-hmm. was a huge influence on hmm. me personally. I just, for some reason, I just saw them as this really cool sort of aggressive, like, but not really aggressive, like um, just sort of a heavy, um, fun sort of party band type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's sort of the way that I feel they presented themselves on the album Fever to Tell. So I really love that album. And um, Mm -hmm. so I really, yeah, 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 has mean a lot to me um, just on that record alone and the first EP as well. Since then, they've released a few records that, I feel were attempts in maybe going in some different directions, which I definitely admire uh, the shifts of. However, I, I none of them really just hit me in the same way. Um, so like um, there was It's Blitz, which really sort of, they started going in more of an electronic direction. And um, honestly, I'm, um, I can't think of the other ones. I think show your bones was uh, the record that followed up fever to tell, which I feel that one kind of, they went in more of a conventional rock direction, but nonetheless, um, this record is called cool it down and it came out in 2022. And I feel like the attempts of maybe what they were trying to do with some of those earlier records have been fully realized here. I I feel like this is um, a really, really excellent attempt at maybe what they were trying to do or not even an attempt. I feel like that whatever they were going for on those other records has just been captured, I guess, properly on on this record. Uh, The album starts off with a collaboration with Perfume Genius called spitting off the edge of the world or spinning uh, sitting on the edge of the world excuse me and the album is extremely new wave influenced right off the bat it's 
Uh, I just think it's freaking awesome. There's a lot of heavy synths going on. All throughout, I would say that the album is pretty, it's got kind of a, I don't want to say depressing, but, you know, maybe just, maybe just sort of a little monotone feel to it a little bit. Like, I feel like there's a lot of emotion being expressed through a lot of these songs. Um, I also found out that the fourth track called Fleas, it has kind of this like sort of like breakdown that reminded me of something or this sample that was kind of, it sounded familiar and I couldn't quite figure it out. Then I realized that it's actually uh, contains elements from ESG, the band that we reviewed a while back. And the song is called Moody that they're taking some stuff from mm -hmm. um, samples from and whatnot. But I just feel overall, um, Karen O's vocal work on this is just really stellar. And I think the songs are really good. Uh, the title of it, Cool It Down, uh, I found out also is uh, inspired by the Velvet Underground, uh, the Velvet Underground song, I guess, by the same title. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, I would say the the one thing about it is if you're expecting pretty much any of the sounds from the earlier, yeah, 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 like fever to tell, I mean, that sort of sound is pretty much gone here. I mean, this is really something that's completely different than any of that stuff. But I also feel that it's building upon the direction that they have been kind of going in for a couple, three records now. Um, I just feel like this is really a well-done piece of, I don't know, electro indie pop. Um, I wouldn't say that it's retro, but it definitely has homages to retro sounds. Like I was mentioning, um, there's some different synth sounds going on. And I'm assuming that some of those are probably a mixture of analog and digital. So my favorite tracks, um, spinning on the edge of the world, off the edge of the world. Am I even getting that title right? Spinning off the edge of the world. Is it spinning off the edge of the world? Yep. But um, I also think there's some interesting spoken word stuff on this record from Karen as well, where I feel like a lot of that is just maybe addressing um, a lot of problems that are going on in our society and going on in the world. Like I think spinning off the edge of the world kind of just sounds like a, um, it's sort of a, a addressing like a world that has kind of gone mad. I think I read somewhere it might have something to do with climate change as well. Um, Love bomb Mars is a really interesting track. That's the last one. And then uh, Fleas, that's the one with the sample of ESG. Mm -hmm. um, and then Mars is, it. it's got a, a, again, it's a really short track that ends the record, but it's kind of like, it sounds like maybe Karen O is reading like a poem she wrote or something. And it's mm -hmm. just a really interesting sort of uh, take on this type of music altogether. Um, some things that it reminded me of, uh, right off the bat, I would say like New Order. Um, I would say Always, uh, Boy Harsher. And I would also say ESG and Perfume Genius, X-Ray Specs, La Tigra. But also I think that there's quite a bit of a, a sort of a just general pop influence as well. Like I 
could imagine like banana rama or even like madonna or something like that like early madonna um sort of being listened to by the same type of fans here but yeah overall um i i really like the direction that this record uh went into and uh yeah i thought it was i thought it was interesting uh what did you think eric yeah i i thought it was good too um so i haven't heard a single note from the yeah 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 since fever to tell so this is pretty different i mean it's really different actually but yeah uh it's like you said it i wasn't really expecting the level of danciness and uh and I don't even want to say electronicness to it. I mean, really like danciness. This is really like techno-y. So like I said, maybe they've been on that path for a while, but I just wouldn't know. So it seemed kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, the songs are really cool. And I like Karen voice on everything. I like, um, the subject matters, the lyrics, how it all works vocally, I think it's awesome. But I don't know if I actually hear the other members of the band as far as guitar and drums go. Like there's one guitar solo uh, on a particularly sort of 70s kind of funk track that sounds almost just like the uh, guitar solo on Who's That Lady, which is an amazing guitar tone and solo also mirrored in uh bombs over baghdad a little bit kind of that same sound but other than that like there i don't hear a lot of guitar and drums happening and that sort of noisy layered atmospheric stuff that i thought the yeah yeah yeahs did and it, like dan said is pretty much completely gone at this point so this was kind of a weird listen for me because it was like, I thought I knew, and then I had no idea, you know, what these guys sounded like or what they were about. Um, that doesn't mean I didn't like it just that, uh, yeah, I didn't know, I guess I didn't know what to expect. And, uh, so, but yeah, it, it is really good. It's just really super different. I loved obviously the perfume genius track. Um, and, I felt that that track even sounded kind of like a perfume genius song. And I think there was a little bit of influence throughout the rest of it too. Um, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, it's really super influenced by early kind of electronic pop. I think, yeah, like Madonna and, and stuff like that, but also a lot of disco. Like the, I think there was a lot of, especially like late era disco, you know, the thing about it is this brought up sort of a, I don't think it's a moral dilemma, but it's more of a intellectual dilemma. So if this were a band that I've never heard before, like they weren't the guy as it was just some new band. Like, I don't know if I would hold, like if I would approach it in the same way, like I would probably just be like, Oh, it's cool. It sounds like, you know, electronic pop like retro kind of stuff, but also with really intelligent lyrics and really great performances and things like that. So sometimes I think, you know, it, your expectations regarding something influence how you hear it. And in its own way, that's not really very fair, you know? So 
But in the other way, you can't really unhear it or not have those expectations. So whatever. I think that if you like the AAS and you like, you know, really dancey kind of electronic techno-y disco stuff, like this is phenomenal. So you should totally check it out. It reminded me, like I said, of Madonna and Blondie and Berlin and things like that. But there's also a darker more sparse side to all this as well. So that kind of reminded me of things like Twin Shadow or the Chromatics or whatever. So, mm. you know, I think that vibe is there and probably a holdover from earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is more just like, I, I guess, an updated version. But like I said, I have no basis for understanding the transition. So, but I, I thought it was really cool and it really does make me want to go back and, and kind of hear how we ended up here. I mean, I understand it's 20 years later, so it's not like sudden, but you know, I'd like to hear that transition. So yeah, yeah, it was a cool record. And uh, I, I, yeah, I think I'll give it another chance, but more than likely I'll go back and try to figure out how they ended up here. So yeah, pretty cool so stuff the one record that I was, that I missed when I kind of talked about their discography. So there was show your bones, which followed up fever to tell, which is more of a rock record. Mm -hmm. And then it's blitz. And then mosquito mm. are the two that followed that record. And those were definitely kind of going in more of a direction like this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's where you'll start to hear like okay. the transition sort cool. of thing so yeah i think it would be well and i know that mosquito has a track with dr octagon on it too oh okay <laughs> nice which i thought was that that's really fun yeah cool so my selection for this week is by a group called fuck money um this is just a self-titled ep came out last year uh fuck money is from austin texas so it's taslin Trebuchet on vocals, Alton Jenkins on drums, Bill Kenny on guitar, and Jeremy Humphreys on bass guitar. And the reason I mention that, all the players and their instruments, is because it doesn't sound very much like a traditional band when you listen to it. But when you see the lineup, it's like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. But then when you hear it, it's it's uh, it seems, I don't know the right word, it seems unlikely that you would get the sounds we hear out of that setup. So anyway, I'll just jump right into it. So fuck money. It's like really noisy, uh, really distorted, epic, industrial flavored kind of punk anthems. Yeah, I'll expound on that a little because I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, it's super noisy, like I said, distorted across the board on all levels and not just distorted like a distortion pedal on a guitar i mean the vocals are blown out everything's in the red and it has that feel to it like a kind of a hardcore feel to it but under that there's a layer of music that's happening that's really kind of delicate and upbeat and uplifting in its own way and that kind of uh dichotomy it, it really makes this work for me i i listen to this uh on a couple different systems i will say if you just play this on your iphone and listen to it on the speakers there it is it's almost harsh noise 
And I know that sounds dismissive, and but it's not. It's just more like when you listen to a system that has some bass and some mids to it and things like that, you start to hear this really cool layer underneath of it. Yeah, it's driving and intense. Uh, the drums and bass are wild, but super solid, um, which is hard to describe, but it's, yeah, it's always in the pocket and they're always exactly where they're supposed to be, but they are just going for it. And the bass drives a lot of it. But yeah, then there's this, like I said, an element of like what seems to be synths and electronic sound, but that must be more like guitar noise control kind of things like that. Uh, but this layer kind of just floats over everything and it adds a lot of space to the other elements, which are very much in your face, but it allows the songs to sort of blossom and constrict at will, according to like the mood of the moment. It's really, it's really cool and really layered. But yeah, the vocals have a wild, aggressive sort of bluesy yet industrial element to it. Uh, kind of hard to describe. What I came up with was think Lux Interior from The Cramps with Al Jorgensen from Ministry Vocal Production. Like, I don't know how else to say that. Um, but yeah, it has a really cool uh, feel to all of it. The vocals come off as, you know, somewhat aggressive because of that distortion, but also Taslin is singing and has a great voice. And uh, it, it all just works. And it all comes off as just like, something new and something really cool things that reminded me of a little bit not obviously not all the way because there's so much going on like i said ministry a little bit uh viagra boys uh vocally maybe a little bit soul glow uh the locust as far as like that underlying layer of electronic noise and and weird movements and things like that kind of reminded me of tv on the radio in a weird way uh, maybe something a little more aggressive like street sex. But yeah, stuff in that vein. But this really was something that I haven't heard much like this before. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I thought that this was um, a very interesting take on like noise rock. I don't know if you caught this or not, Eric, but hmm. this actually, this band features ex-members of Future Death. Oh, okay. So that makes big, a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I, I was going to point that out. So yeah, this, um, when I was doing, when I was kind of looking into this band after you recommended, mm -hmm. recommended this, Eric, um, I found out two of the members were in future death, which I guess that means future death is sadly no longer a group, mm, but if they're going in this direction, I'm all for it, man. This is just the most interesting take on noise rock that I can think of, but it's, it's very chaotic and intense, noisy vocals. I think I, I, I'm not too familiar with the cramps, but I can definitely see when you're talking about Al Jorgensen, I can definitely see that 100%, but it's, there's these crazy guitar riffs that, the only way that I can really describe it is it whirls throughout like the whole thing, if that makes any sense. But then the rhythm section is just so tight. And mm -hmm. so like the drumming is super technical, man. Like mm -hmm. 
the drumming was probably my favorite part of this band. I mean, it was just so, so good. Um, it sounds very spacey. And so I, I kind of heard, like you were saying, Eric, I heard some, what I thought was synthesizers, but then I started thinking about it. And I also mm -hmm. looked at some of the, um, like I looked at their bio and it doesn't mention anything about using synthesizers. So the only thing I can think of is that they're using effects to kind of gain that sort of sound. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes the vocals sound very sort of buried and, and condensed, but in a, it creates this like sort of haunting effect, which that totally makes sense with the whole future death connection, because mm -hmm. that's exactly how I feel future death kind of sounded at times. So it kind of almost creates like this sort of shoegazy, um, like noise rock thing, or this, this undercurrent of like, something that isn't isn't as intense like if that if that makes sense that's kind of what i feel you were sort of describing too eric is that while it was really heavy and intense there was a whole other element to it that you know was kind of just calming in a, in a weird sort of way mm -hmm. um so i heard you know some delays and reverbs on the guitar or at least i think it is i i genuinely could not figure out exactly what I was hearing at times when it comes to like the guitar. It, mm -hmm. The effects were just so on point, but the drumming in particular on the song Apollo, that's the song. I think that's track three. That's the song that made me realize that I really just love the drumming because mm -hmm. the way that it's presented structure wise is almost like jazz. Like, I mean, it's, it's really just like, mm -hmm. it, like, it sounds like, you know, you're listening to like, um, you know, like a, like a Miles Davis, like bop record or something, uh, being filtered through like this, you know, this, this noisy thing. It's really incredible stuff, but Apollo that hands down was the, the one track that really blew, mm -hmm. blew me away, but chirp and fuck me up. Um, I mean, the whole thing, it's its six songs and it's very intense, very in your face, very, very quick, but there's just a lot going on that they accomplish in those six songs. So mm -hmm. like the stuff that this reminded me of future death for one, mm -hmm. like I totally hear that, but also the, um, the sort of dissonance of like the armed a little bit, mm -hmm. as far as the uh, rhythm section goes, I heard Jesus lizard. For and sure. yep. like mm -hmm. in then but then there's like this you know like weirdly melodic side that i would say you know if if you're a fan of like dinosaur jr or husker do or no age or something like that i could see how you could appreciate that musically as well mm -hmm. um there's sort of like this spontaneous sounding you know like these bursts sometimes that mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of the group the black eyes mm -hmm. um yeah just really really great stuff i think if you're a fan of well if if you listen to future death and you're a fan of that um i think that this is kind of just like a logical continuation of like that sort of sound mm -hmm. it's just really 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 great stuff so moving from 
one intense group to another intense group, our local pick for this week uh, was this group called Basketball Divorce Court. And the name of the record is Rebound. Uh, Basketball Divorce Court is a band from Iowa City, uh, which is Katie Kelly on vocals, Alina B on guitar, Adrian H on bass, and Derek, I think, Bolser on drums. And this thing is very intense. I mean, very fucking intense. Like, but it's also, I feel very, there's a, a very vulnerable side to it as well. Like, I feel like it's also just really, I, I you know, pretty at times as well. The lyrics are very on point and emotional. It addresses issues of, power and control and depression, trauma, politics, love, hate. I mean, I think it's all coming from a very real place. Uh, musically, it has a lot of elements to it. It goes from like what I kind of feel is sort of DC inspired hardcore. So, you know, talking about like Fugazi and Sometimes it reminds me of something along the lines of like at the drive-in to sort of like angular noise rock. And then sometimes like sort of for lack of a better way to describe it, jangly sort of, I don't want to say emo, but I guess I will like earlier emo type stuff. It's raw as fuck um, in your face. Not a lot of bells and whistles. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's just a, a really, really great punk record. And I feel like this band is going places and it's pretty exciting to me. I guess they've been around for a while, but this is the first I've heard of them. I, I mean, I honestly, I can't say much more about it. I just, I, I love it a lot. There's, um, I mean, so many good songs on here, but like the first track is called Fuck Capitalism. So I mean you can pretty much figure out where it's kind of going to kind of go from there, but yeah, it gets really dark and really just like, sometimes I just feel like, um, uh, Katie is just spilling her heart out. Like it. Yeah. So it has that sort of like honesty to it or this vulnerability and sort of anger that really does put me in mind of like, Again, like some of the earlier emo bands like Moss Icon or like Rites of Spring or Embrace, stuff like that. Um, I also think that Katie's voice is very reminiscent of Celine Visual of Seven Year Bitch, you know, Babes in Toyland. Uh, there's a element of it that reminds me of Naked Raygun. Um, yeah, it's just really, I mean... Um, really emotional, really driven, and I feel like really passionate. Gosh, and there's some great song titles like Oops, We Don't Use That Word on Barbie.com, um, Astrology App, where, I mean, that seriously is one of the most intense mm -hmm. things I've ever heard, Astrology App. I was just, I mean, I was almost in tears, like, just listening to it. I was just like, wow, very powerful, very powerful stuff. And I'm excited that this is coming out of, like, our backyard here, Erica. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? Yeah, I loved it. Man, you're right. It was intense. Just unstoppable attitude. Just 
oozing attitude, you know? But yeah, super intense, but also really accessible in its own way. Like, I think the music is, it's very mathy. It's angular, all that stuff. But it's very much on the punk side of post-punk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, post-punk can encompass a lot of different things. And I, I think this falls really on the punk side of it. The guitars and bass, they just swirl and interact and start and stop. Um, they hold. Like, it's really worked out. It's really mathy, but not in a... Not in a in a way that's so technical it's not enjoyable. It's just super aware of what's happening. And um, yeah, the drums are super tight, super rigid, and they have to be basically to support that level of sparseness and timing, you know? It's pretty much imperative. Uh, that's not to say this doesn't move or have feeling, because it definitely does. It also, it just is super tight. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, the vocals, they take this into another place, you know? Everything is elevated. Everything has to step up to to meet these vocals, and, and they do. Um, the vocals are, like Dan said, really intense, really angry, but I also feel that there's this other element to it, which I think we all feel it, and I think that's why it's really relatable there's a frustration in the singing and there's a frustration to the point of almost ha needing to be apathetic, like out of self-preservation, you know, that feeling like you just are so mad and you're just so frustrated with everything that you just have to take a step back and almost just be like down on it. Just mm -hmm. kind of like, fuck this, you know? And then, you know, that real visceral anger sort of bubbles back up. Uh, in this case, it's the screaming. Um, and it the screaming serves to remind you that these ideas are dire and they're immediate and they're important. And so, yeah, the vocals, they, they switch between this sort of almost like, you know, what is going on, this confusion and anger and frustration to this like release and i think it's great yeah my favorite track was probably jack nicholson tattoo i thought it was really cool uh the astrology app one like you said is it's it's reminiscent of other things that go that deep and go that far into what someone's feeling i don't have a lot of examples that i you know that i think work unfortunately like uh, the lingua ignata sometimes maybe something from that, or this is going to sound so dumb, but like the end of like the first corn record, you know, I don't remember what track that is. Oh yeah. Dad. Daddy. Like there's, it's almost to that level of like hearing someone going through that experience and, and just, you know, almost breaking down. So it is intense. But I, I'm not going to say that it's a bummer. I'm not going to say that you'll walk away from this depressed. It's also super empowering, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like I said, just unstoppable attitude. Really cool stuff. I loved it. Um, musically, yeah, it did remind me of things maybe closer to, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what style of music this is. But, like, A Minor Forest is a group I used to be into. Or, like, June of 44. 
like that kind of stuff. Um, like that sort of angularness. Um, vocally, uh, it reminded me kind of a, uh, I, I don't, I never know how to say her name, Hanan or Hanin Elias from Atari Teenage Riot. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as the screaming part of it. But this is going to sound weird. It reminded me a lot of Ian McKay's vocals or Ian McKay's vocals, mm -hmm. but not necessarily Fugazi as much as Minor Threat. Mm -hmm. And the reason is in Minor Threat, the vocals have almost, almost this on off element to them. And I think Basketball Divorce Court also has that element. It kind of goes from this singing or almost talk singing at times to the screaming and it goes back and forth and, and there's a rise into the screaming, but for the most part, it is these two feelings. And, um, in the same way that that worked for minor threat to agitate the listener, this does too. But yeah, I, I was stoked on this and I, and mm -hmm. I'm excited to, to hear more from them and finally get out and see them sometime too. Yeah. I don't know why I slept on this, but it's uh, really phenomenal. So, yeah, and yeah. one thing that I just now thought of, just now after hearing you talk about your take on it, mm -hmm. um, I now realize, and I haven't even seen them live, but I now realize that I haven't had the same type of, I guess, emotional reaction to a band like this from this area mm -hmm. since I first saw Matt Davis in the mm -hmm. band Brazil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because I felt all those same things that I would describe that I described basketball divorce courts music and how it made me feel like you mm -hmm. said, empowering, but it also might make you feel sad and angry because there's just all these emotions being thrown at once. I feel, mm -hmm. and all of these justified, you know, uh, just, uh, well, like you were saying, these, these justified, uh, experiences or you know whatever whatever it is that katie is writing about i i felt that exact same way you know seeing matt davis live hmm. for the first time and so this is very much and it's also interesting you mentioned ian mckay's vocals and not with uh not with fagazi because have you ever listened to embrace before no i haven't mm -hmm. okay so embrace is even more of that sort of almost like speaking, singing sort of stuff. Cause like embrace mm -hmm. really and rights of spring, which was Guy Pachotto's band or mm -hmm. Guy Picciato, or I, I don't even know how to pronounce my hero's names anymore. <laughs> um, but um, that was sort of why those bands are considered like the founders of emo, if you will, because they were playing like these, really stripped down versions of like punk rock in like mm -hmm. 1985 or something, you know? And mm -hmm. it was um, just a lot of like a lot of that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what ultimately this reminded me of was just that sort of emotion. Matt Davis was also kind of, you know, like invoking that I feel as well mm, when he cool. was in yeah. both 10 grand. So yeah, this is, this is exciting stuff for, for this area. So nice. Um, and I guess they're getting out there too. I think, uh, I just saw on Instagram that, um, <laughs> basketball divorce court is either going on tour or just got back from tour. So cool. Nice. That's, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. 
man, it's just, I'm getting more and more excited about discovering music from around this area, Eric. Yeah. People are stepping up. They I really mean, are. Yeah. This, I, it's funny. I like, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. So I, I'll just not try. So <laughs> coming up, like there was this element to local music. Like it almost had this connotation to it of it was going to, you know, it was going to be lacking in some way. It was going to be not comparable to things that, you know, had national releases or were on bigger labels or whatever. Uh, I think that connotation is gone, at least in our area. Like this is everything we've been listening to is just like as good as anything else I've ever heard. And I like, it almost even makes me feel bad sometimes being like, and here's our local review. Like, it's like, we want to support local artists, but even just saying like, this is our local review almost puts it in a different uh, box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, kind of and, does, right? and it works and that's great. Cause that's what we do. But at the same time, it's like, when we say that don't automatically think, Oh, this, this sounds low budget or this isn't very good or well done or whatever. Like, cause it, this stuff is amazing. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's really fun to find out about the new stuff. And I don't know if we can help anyone else find new local stuff to check out, then that's awesome. So I also think that in this day and age, Eric, mm-hmm. when you say local band, it doesn't have those same type of connotations anymore because yeah. people are starting to realize that anything that a label was able to provide for you in the 90s or even like the mid-2000s, whether it be a producer, a record deal, um, the ability to put out records, the ability to make art, Mm -hmm. uh, the visual side of things, anything that you were told you had to get a record deal to do is now not easier, but more, it's more available Mm -hmm. to be able to do those things now more than ever. So I think that you know, in some ways, I think in people are kind of in this, we're in sort of this phase of music where I think that there's not too much differentiation between local music and national music, because even like the bigger, the bigger bands are starting to record with the same software that local mm-hmm. bands are able to record with. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, don't, I, I feel like being called a local band I don't know. And, you know, feel free to um, comment on this. Anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to, you know, respond or whatever, but I kind of feel it's almost like for lack of a better way to describe it, like it's almost like a sense of pride to be labeled like a Mm -hmm. local Mm -hmm. act nowadays, because it's like, that means you're supporting your local scene. That means you're actually like, you know, being active. And, and I feel like most people are not embarrassed to be, a local band anymore um, because they know that like Iowa city, everyone is just fucking stepping up Davenport. Everyone is just killing it right now. Like in the, you know what I mean? Pretty much almost everything that I listen to in this area is good. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's great. And so I don't know, I think, and especially now with like, you know, band camp and mm-hmm. the music industry, the way it is anyway, like, I mean, who needs a record deal anymore? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like 
that's sort of like where you you find the best stuff anymore, you know? For sure. And obviously it's totally subjective because where you live determines what is local. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. <laughs> you know but what I mean? So that, that's, that's kind of fun. Like I yeah, think that's fun. Yes. And that's the beauty of it is that somebody who lives in North Dakota or somebody who lives in Seattle or somebody who lives in New York or whatever can say the exact same thing about mm-hmm. that we're saying about Iowa. And, right. but then we can also cross paths because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, you know, a band touring will play like, you know, a band from Iowa city touring will play like Chicago or something. And it's like, okay, there's mm-hmm. four bands that they played with in Chicago that really like them. So it's like, okay, well, Chicago, these Chicago bands will make it to Iowa city sometime. And sure. Right. You become familiar with those scenes. I mean, that's how it's always worked, but I feel like there's just the connections are like, I don't know. It feels like we're in a golden age of like DIY connections kind of. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know. It feels like that, that to me, you know, it's so I think, um, and I, I don't think anyone, most people who play at least this kind of, the kind of music that, we generally listen to mm-hmm. that our friends make or whatever are not really approaching music with the idea of like, Oh, we're going to sound like Coldplay or something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or we're going to, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, the whole record deal thing is just, I don't know. It kind of seems to be a thing of the past nowadays. For sure. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. No kidding. I, yeah. I like the fact that we're living in like Ian McKay's dream world right now with Bandcamp, Cause in a way it <laughs> yeah, kind of is for sure. like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he, I mean, I don't think he ever set out to destroy anything and I don't think he destroyed anything. I'm just saying like guys like Ian McKay and indie record labels, mm-hmm. um, they just wanted an alternative, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I don't think, well, let me just put it, put it to you this way, like discord records, SST sub pop, mm-hmm. all of those labels and, and all the other ones, all the big, you know, hardcore labels that you can think of the DIY labels from like mm-hmm. the eighties, they, uh, walk so that band camp could run. Yeah. I, I can see that for sure. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty good cool stuff. stuff. And that is my rant for the day, kids. <laughs> Oh, time to follow Grandpa Dan's advice and not make any money with your music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, money's for suckers. That's what I always say. It is. Um, <laughs> and and you know what? I mean, we don't need that cash because it would rule everything around you. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I've heard. <laughs> Cruy. That's Cruy. Right. <laughs> Cree. Cree. I can't Wait. do it. Cree. Isn't that the song by the Wu Tang Clan? Yeah, yeah. Cree. I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say Creed. Creed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Creed, yeah, Creed is why record labels died, actually. <laughs> they put the it wasn't the good in. done by the DIY community. It was the bad done by the major labels. You know Scott Stapp? Not um, personally. <laughs> Oh, you don't know him? He's a no. pretty good guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess Scott Stapp. I could be wrong about this, so this might be disinformation. Mm. But my understanding is that Scott Stapp supposedly said, you know, the singer of Creed, that he didn't even like his own band's music. Huh. 
Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. And in fact, it probably isn't true. That's just what I heard. <laughs> so I want to put that out there for all you Creed fans listening. Oh, wow. Hmm. Well, no one likes him. You know, so maybe, I remember, maybe that's what you're thinking of. <laughs> I remember when I first heard that song, that big hit of theirs on the radio, going to school one morning. And I was just like, wow, Pearl Jam got a little heavier and a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I think they call that post-grunge, right? Post-grunge. Yeah. Post-grunge, like the cereal, post. Yeah, post-grunge flakes. Yeah, post-grunge flakes. <laughs> well so today we learned a lot didn't we not really i don't know it seemed like a pretty All educational right. show to me we learned uh we learned uh where is my mind is not a song you want to use as your alarm clock mm -hmm. uh what is it ringer you don't want to use that anymore yeah if you were using it in the first place i don't know i would have picked a different pixie song myself so to like wake up to yeah, like, I don't know, something against you or something. Hmm. Or rock music or, hmm. oh, no, no. You know what I really would have used? I really would have used that. Hey. Yeah, hey. That's, what, that's what I was thinking of. Actually. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. Hey. Yep. So we, we determined the best Pixies wake up song. The best Pixies wake up song. And then yeah. we talked about some cool records. Yeah. And then you heard... Mm -hmm. Grandpa Dan's rant about yeah. DIY music. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then we ended up here, yep. where and we that, are right now. And now we're here. And if you want to respond to that rant, please contact us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Or Do I mean, it. if you just want to respond to anything that we've done, I mean, I mean, you can just talk to whatever you're listening to us on. We won't hear you. Yeah, you can but... just. Feel free to just say whatever you want to us. Old man yells at That's computer. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's basically me every time. Old man yells at computer. Yeah. But computers are the worst. Computers are the worst, man. Can't wait um, it all just collapses. <laughs> I wake up every day going, damn it, the internet's still here? <laughs> Seriously. Just think about how great it's going to be. I mean, I don't want the chaos and the destruction and all the death and everything like that part will suck, but you know, just not having to look at my phone all the time. That'd be pretty cool. I just want them to bring back the information super highway. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was a cool road to drive down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I used to go surfing on the web. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. So now it's then. just doom scrolling. Yeah. Doom <laughs> totally scrolling. Different. Yeah. Yeah, let's surf doom the surfing. web. Doom surfing. <laughs> oh man, let's surf the web and go derms. Derms. All right, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. And th this is real life, too, nonetheless.